0: George Price. Yeah, how are you guys? Good, George. How are How are you, George? As we, we've 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 talked before, as a former police officer, police officer, a former senior special agent with the DEA, and uh, a former DA in the Middlesex uh, District Attorney's Office, I I have one question above all others, George, and I didn't hear anyone address it for the last forty eight hours, and hopefully you can answer it or at least help us out here. What would? Sure. What were the cops in Kenosha who shot Jacob Blake in the back? What were they supposed to do in that situation?
1: So I watched the video, and actually another video came out this morning. I don't think it really added much color to what occurred. But um, if you watch the video um, carefully, you see, you see both officers coming from the other side of the car, and they both had their guns out. Um, that only happens in a couple circumstances. One, they couldn't see the, the, you know, the defendant's hands there. That would have been one reason. Um, the other, the other news reports are that they were screaming at him, drop a knife. So he's got an edge weapon in his hand, um, and he's climbing into a car full of people, um, not necessarily knowing who those people are or why they're there. Um, my understanding is they got a radio call for either a domestic dispute right. or a fight. Right. So now you've got someone climbing into a car with a, with a knife and they don't, you know, they don't, they have no idea who these people are in the car and and, you know, they didn't have any choice at that point. They're either in fear of their own lives or more likely the people's lives in the vehicle. I mean, it's the problem with the press and the problem, the way these things get reported is they they always report on them objectively. So they're looking at this video saying, oh, we shouldn't have done that. But the standard and the standard in court and the standard that these officers will be held to by both the DA's office, they are. Um, and in, in a civil court is, you know, what was their subjective view? Were they in fear of their own lives or the lives of of someone else? And, you know, normally you would never close that space, um, that distance of space between someone with a, an edged weapon like that You wouldn't close in on them and grab that guy's shirt like he did. Yeah, I was going to say tells me they, did every, they did everything they could right then to, to not do that. Right. They're at the they're at the moment of last resort here and they had to stop them. And deadly force is really the only way to do it. That guy could have turned around and stabbed that officer right in the neck and and we'd be going to his funeral today instead of someone else.
0: That's a great point, George. I asked that on Twitter. I asked it uh, earlier in this show. I said, maybe what the cops should have done, they had him outnumbered, is tackle him, like subdue him, you know, like. Uh, you see often with yeah, suspects. And,
1: and you and you would think they too. Uh, and you I looked at their gun belts it didn't I didn't see any batons on them and I didn't see any tasers on
0: them they tased I mean, them they uh, I believe it, they, they tased them and it didn't work I mean he's, he's a he's and a, it
1: didn't work yeah well all, all the more reason that they're, they're the shooting is completely justified in my view I mean you're you know could you have tackled them yes it. Um, it, it takes a, a millisecond to turn around and stab someone in the neck I've been in physical fights with defendants where uh, they see you know they reach back and stab with a broken bottle, and you know this stuff is uh, it's full of adrenaline. There's a lot of excitement in the video; you can see that. And these guys are just making the best decision they can in in a millisecond. And we get to sit here and talk about it for for days and weeks on end. We got some politicians who, in, in that state, that governor himself condemned okay. the shooting. Before the investigation had even started, right. never mind finished.
0: It was despicable. You know? it was oh, despicable. George, the wait, wait,
1: wait,
2: wait, with, ahead, with all ahead. due respect, George, and you obviously have been in these situations before. How can you say the shooting was justified without knowing what he was going into his car for, or knowing any other details? How can you say that?
1: Well, well, I do know details. I know that the press has reported that they were repeatedly okay, but, but, stating but, to him but you don't to know, but you knife. don't know
0: what he was going he into his car knife. for. But he had a knife. But, in, in, but he had a knife
1: in his head. He had a knife in his head. He's climbing into a car full of people. What's you know, and, and then people, that becomes a People who are his issue. young kids now. Officers they, don't they, ever want anyone getting, someone getting mobile in a vehicle with a knife full of people they don't know who they are. It just, it, it doesn't work. It, you know, they're in fear of their lives. They should be. The guy wasn't obeying their command, period. But George,
0: George, do you assume Do those, those cops, are they supposed to assume when he reaches in his car that he's going for a gun? Uh, we don't know yet no. whether he was or not, but are they supposed to, is, does that matter? In other words... Are they just supposed does, to does, assume it, the worst?
1: It, are they, absolutely, because there's plenty of justified shootings where there's no weapon at all, but if you have someone that's not obeying commands and say they're reaching under a seat or reaching into their waistband, this is why the standard is is so important on how these officers ultimately get judged. It's subjective. It's what did they think at the time, not what we think watching the video. Did they think that they were you know, either going to get stabbed or that someone in that vehicle was going to get seriously hurt if this guy got mobile with that vehicle? And That would be the only reason in my mind watching that video why they would ever close that space between someone with an edge weapon. Someone with an edge weapon can cover 21 feet before you can pull your gun and shoot. So that's why they always tell you to stay that many feet away if if someone's holding an edge weapon. So, you know, for them to close that distance, scream, drop the knife, and he's climbing into a car, I I don't see, I, I see completely justified shooting here. Do you totally. think?
0: Do you think? Is there a reason we have not heard whether there's a whether it was a gun or not? I mean, um, I, I asked this again on Twitter. I said, "Does it matter if there's a gun or not?" I mean, because he's it, reaching it, in the car.
1: You know, it, it depends on every every shooting is different, right? So, I mean, again, does it, it comes back to the standard? Either you're in fear of their own lives. Um, if you have someone that's not obeying commands and reaching into their waistband, or you know. These guys have to, they don't get to decide in three seconds. They have to decide in a quarter second, am I going to go home today or not? Let's say he was reaching for a gun and they, he turned around and shot them. I mean, what, you know, does it matter at that point? They're, if these guys are in fear of their lives and they have to make that decision in that millisecond, it's really their decision. Do I want to go home today? Or do I want to wait and see if this guy has a gun? The problem is that the guy's climbing into a car, we think with a knife, they've closed the space, and they're about to, you know, he's about to get in a vehicle full of people. For all we know, we have no idea. They had no idea who those people were in the car. And if if um, his
0: if his plan well, was turned if, out it was, it, was his, it turned out it was his kids. Yeah. Um, uh, if his plan was yeah, a, but the cops don't know that. The cops
1: don't know that when they're pulling up on the scene, they could have been the other person's kids. You know, sitting up, there was twenty people around the car at the time. They don't know whose kids those are. No one. I doubt that anyone would stop and said these. You know, those are his kids in there. That didn't happen. I if, didn't see that,
0: George. If his plan was to go engage in a high speed chase to take off with the kids in the car, by the way, yep. to take off, are they justified in using lethal force at that point if they just think he's getting in his car to take off?
1: Yeah. Um. No. I would. I would say no. I mean, that's you know, again, they have to evaluate the situation. But I think the reason that there was a shooting there was, you know, based on. Everything I've seen on the press, anyway, he had a knife. He wasn't dropping it. He wasn't obeying commands. He's climbing into a vehicle. You see him reaching down, right? So whether he's reaching down for either another weapon or to get in the vehicle, you know, they that. And I don't know if one officer fired one officer fired or they both did. I don't know what the there was seven. Are here. I know w- it gets there shot. was
0: seven shots. So is that seven? Seven shots. Does that that in and of itself seems, seems to me,
1: it um. You know, again, I, we weren't there. We didn't. We we don't get to see the rest of the video. We don't get right. to see whether or not he stopped moving after the first shot. My guess is he did not. Most officers typically shoot till the threat ceases. That's what you're taught in the academy. That's what I taught officers and agents for years. You, you shoot till the threat stopped, and you're able to, you know, completely stop the actions of of the defendant and and or suspect. So. They made those decisions. You know, we can't decide if those that was successive or not until you see the whole video. Honestly,
0: so you think you think if this goes to if they charge these cops? You think they walk, which will be wonderful for the, you know, the people in that city because they'll just destroy businesses all over again. Oh, it's incredible!
1: It's incredible. All all before you have all the facts, and you know white red yet you know doesn't matter yellow green whatever whatever the defendant is they they were worried about a guy with a knife not about the color of his skin when they when they decided to pull their guns and try to get him to stop what he was doing period you don't you know cops don't think that way they're trying to stop an in, imminent threat got nothing to do with the color of anyone's skin do the, do
0: the cops sure. know when they're there the cops know his rap sheet they know this history right because he's. He's had uh, gun, well, gun that's a Gun, That's a good
1: question. They, they certainly could have, um, and that, and that. So that, that's another factor that goes into this subjective view. So, if they did know it, we don't know if they knew it or not. But if they did know him, and he was known to police, and he was known to be violent, he's known to commit assaults and batteries. You know, uh, he, he had domestics. I think on his.
0: Yeah, he, 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 he pulled a gun on. He pulled gun on some people in a bar. It yeah,
1: he pull, pulled a gun. So, so right there. My, my threat level goes up exponentially. Um, You know, when we used to go out on the street, when I worked for the federal government, our, we would run the rap sheets on defendants and everyone in a briefing got to know what the rap sheet was of the person we were going after. So we knew if they were, you know, they were particularly high threat level. It adds to that tension as far as making the, you know, making certain decisions. If, If someone's not obeying your commands and they have a history of violence, you're going to take that very differently than someone who maybe, you know, doesn't and is high or has got some other issue going on that they're not listening to you, but someone with a violent background, that's not obeying commands. You're you're going to treat very differently than someone. If you, if you didn't know that. So
2: you've, you've, uh, you've said a couple of times, George, that you think the officers felt threatened and that's, you think that the use of this kind of force was justifiable? But, and and I asked this question genuinely. I mean, obviously being a police officer, being put in dangerous situations, is part of the job. Um, so, at what point, like, is just feeling threatened, and for your, for is that is that enough to, to use this kind of force? Or, I guess, like, where does the level rise where it is then okay? Because I, you're in, you know in these kind of situations all the time, I imagine.
1: Well, you get, I mean, you're, the officers are going to be the ones that have to articulate that, right? That, that right. they weren't fear of their lives or the lives of someone else. And it's and again, every incident every use of force is different. Um, you know, if you've got someone sitting, you know, somewhere in a building or a hotel shooting a machine gun out into a crowd, it's not really that difficult to figure out that it's okay (laughs) to shoot this guy. Situations like this uh, are a little different and that's why the subjectivity is so important. And frankly, so disturbing when you watch the press that they leave that analysis completely out of the picture. Um, that's why we should always wait till these investigations are
0: completed
1: before anyone rushes to judgment. And, you know, we've got cities burning now without knowing all the facts. And it's just to me, it's just abhorrent that that we're not giving um, these guys the same constitutional rights that every defendant has on the street. We shouldn't be judging them. They have an absolute, you know, um, uh, presumption of of innocence and that they did the right thing. Let them do their investigation, you know, right. and then we'll figure out what happens from there. But well, to jump I, to conclusions is our world is not right
0: now. Uh, we all know what uh, what Derek Chauvin should have done in Minneapolis. He Should have taken his knee off George Floyd's neck. I just don't know what yep. these guys in Kenosha were supposed to do. But George, I really appreciate it. What we needed was someone like you to clear this up. You've answered more. Questions in the last ten minutes that I've heard uh, any of these talking heads and cable TV do in the last forty-eight hours. So we appreciate right, it. Good, thanks. Good you talking, it, George. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. That is Take George care. Price, former cop, former uh special agent for the DEA, and a guy who trained police, who knows the protocol.
2: We've got our friend Jerry Callahan joining us now. He is a legend in sports talk radio up in the Boston area and now he is the host of the jerry callahan podcast he joins us jerry great to have you on the show hey buck good to be here all right so just for everybody listening because you know I, look I'm, I'm not a sports guy my radio producers make fun of me because i don't don't know much about professional sports but i'm a politics guy and this is very political what happened in the last couple of days with the nba and we'll get into some of the other leagues too bring us up to speed on what happened and where we are now
0: well, we, uh, there was a short, a brief boycott, uh, led by, led by the Milwaukee Bucks. They were up three to one in their series against Orlando, and they decided to, uh, not show up for work, and then, uh, the Dominoes just fell from there. The Clippers and Lakers, led by, I think, LeBron James, voted to cancel the rest of the playoffs. Just not play at all. But they, I think they were outvoted today, and there will be playoffs. And then it kind of put the pressure on the rest of sports. You know, the WNBA. I know I'm heartbroken. The Washington Mystics walked off the court, and I mean, there's a big void in my life. I don't know about you. And MLS, Major League Soccer, decided not to play. And then immediately the questions go to baseball, football. I mean, college football. Every uh, most teams just stopped practicing for a day or two. Because no one wants to appear like you know they don't care that, that that black lives don't matter. They all want to seem as woke as, as you know LeBron. So they're all falling in uh, you know following along and uh, and either just taking a day off or, or a week off or, or just saying you know it's uh, this is too important. We can't be playing sports right now, even though it's their job. Um, and and others like Kenny Smith, the TNT announcer, walked off the set in the middle of the show. His job is to analyze basketball, analyze the NBA, and that's what this called for. It called for him and Charles Barkley and Shaq and Ernie Johnson to do their jobs, but he said no in support of the players. I'm walking off, took off his mic, and walked off.
2: It's pretty amazing how quickly this all turned around, though. You know, usually when you think about a, a situation of a boycott, it's people stop buying a product or stop paying for a certain service in response to something. And usually they want a change from that company, right? They, you know, you, you do X and we'll start to buy your Goya beans again. Or, or you said X, Goya, we're going to stop buying your beans. And then, of course, there was the counter, the counter boycott that happened there with, with that company. What is the, I mean, I'm just wondering, what are the, all these players? Is this just kind of like the equivalent of taking taking a knee? I mean, is this just for is this theatrics? Is it for show? Because they're not it's, making any. De- it's not like they're demanding that the NBA do police reform.
0: It's a great question. I think I, I asked the same question about Antifa for, for 90 days in Portland. I said, at some point, don't they have to make a demand? You you have to do this or, or we will keep rioting. the NBA and, and other sports leagues and teams are, are taking this dramatic action, this theatrical action, and they don't actually say. They, I mean, uh, uh, there, there's a series of tweets that someone put together from all the players, and it's just one guy after another saying, We want change. We're not going to stand for it. LeBron James, their leader, his tweet to kick this whole thing off says, F it. Uh, we're sick of it. We must change. And I'm thinking, first of all, the guy's demanding change are gonna uh, they all want to register to vote and encourage everyone to vote and they're gonna vote for all the same incumbents the mayors and the governors who are running these cities and these states where all the problems are occurring so they don't really want change I'm not sure do they want different but uh, Doc Rivers coach of the Clippers in a very emotional press conference talked about chain uh, getting rid of police unions and changing the way police are trained um, really kind of bizarre because I guess it's all about Jacob Blake, um, you know, a, a violent fugitive, because...
2: Who had a knife in the car, as we now know as well. The car that he was reaching into when cops were saying, stop, stop, stop. Go ahead.
0: And, and, and to me, Doc Rivers is from Chicago, right? Chicago's had 2,500 shootings already this year. They had 64 last weekend. Uh, most of them, you know, black men and black, black kids. And you don't hear the NBA talk about walking off the job because of that violence. I mean, which is much, much more serious than you know, police brutality in, in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And Doc Rivers got choked up and started crying at a press conference about what happened to Jacob Blake. It's, it's really bizarre. And you, and you ask a great question like, what is it you want exactly? Uh, they're, they're, this is pretty dramatic. I'm not sure whose mind it's changing, whose heart it's changing.
2: More people are killed every year in the United States, or let's just say the last few years, because they're the ones that I checked. People die on average uh, more frequently from actual lightning strikes than unarmed black men are killed by police <laughs> in the United States every year. It's about 40 to 50 die from lightning strikes. And this year so far, I believe it's nine unarmed black men have been killed by cops. Uh, we're speaking to Jerry Callahan, uh, uh, longtime sports radio host in the Boston area. He's the host of the Jerry Callahan show. I want to ask about the, uh, because this is something you'll, you'll know a lot about. And and I'm always curious because I'm, I'm not a, a big, you know, professional sports guy. I watch some of the things I watch a little bit of the NFL. Uh, I watch tennis actually. Not that I don't think anyone's walking off the tennis court for this stuff, but anyway, maybe, I mean, it could happen, right? I mean, the WNBA walked off. So even things that don't get quite the same viewership, uh, people want to, want to get their part of this, but um the business model component of this. here's the New Orleans Saints, Malcolm Jenkins, speaking of demands and what's expected. Here's what he says has to happen for him. And I suppose other players upset like him, uh, upset as he is to be happy. Play clip six
0: in this political landscape. I hope that that turns into um, some kind of political engagement by athletes and by everybody. To say that, you know, if you want the black vote and whether you're a candidate who's looking to be elected or be reelected, if you want the black vote, these are the things that are at the top of the agenda for black people. Um, We haven't heard it yet. And I think until we continue to demand it, until Black Lives Matter goes from just an idea or goal that we're trying to attain as a society and then actually realized in the streets, we won't see any peace. And I think we'll continue to see athletes, entertainers, as well as citizens disrupt the status quo until that's recognized.
2: To say we won't see any peace for an NFL multimillionaire celebrity to say that at a time when there are multiple U.S. cities. And I don't mean in recent memory. I mean, in the last 24 hours where there has been fatal violence, arson, destruction. uh, I understand that within some constituencies and some communities, those comments will go over very well. But the NBA, the NFL, the uh, NHL, I don't know where they are on this, but, but some of these sports leagues, Is there a recognition, Jerry, that if they continue down this path of politicization, it may really cost them in in economic terms in a way that they'll really feel? Or is this a bit like, you know, Colin Kaepernick with Nike, guys richer and more famous than he's ever been, even though half the country thinks the guy's a jerk?
0: I I would say B. I'd say there is no... uh reflections. Uh, there's no awareness here that this could cost them in the long run. I mean, the NBA, the numbers were already pretty bad, the ratings, and they would attribute it to being, you know, the, the, the pandemic. And it's the summertime and it's kind of a strange schedule. But I think there's, I mean, I hear it all the time. People, uh, there is a backlash. There there is a, there are people who have reached their you know, breaking point, say, I'm not watching, I'm done. Maybe they'll go back, you know, next season. But right now, they're just it's just woke overload and the nba is the most obnoxious one i mean they painted the court they get the messages on their uh, on their jerseys they're uh you know they're always talking there's, there's a whole bunch of players who, who, who talk about brianna taylor you know, every at every press conference and i think at some point you know not all the fans but some of them enough of them are turned off by that and we'll see what happens with football football's different it's bigger it's on schedule on a normal schedule but I, I hope they're not as obnoxious as uh, as LeBron in the NBA and and Doc Rivers and in the NBA. The thing with this right now, Buck, is it's a it's a monolith. There is no no dissent allowed. There is not a player in the NBA allowed to say you know, you know maybe you know, maybe Jacob Blake was partly to blame here. You, know, you can't do that. They won't do that. There'll be no one supporting Trump. I say this all the time. Trump has gained in many segments we know that with uh, with independence you know with with african-americans i think one group that he is he's not doing as well now as he was four years ago is sports there's virtually nobody no athletes the coaches are, are so beholden to the athletes that they're that they they speak out against them you know steve kerr and popovich and these guys you know there's just no room in sports right now for, for anybody who's not completely uh, anti-Trump and completely woke it's just not allowed
2: jerry callahan everybody listen to jerry callahan podcast on apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and be sure to follow him on social media jerry thanks for weighing in man you take care
0: buck good talking to you my friend